evening, everyone. Um, we're still working our way through the, the precepts one by one. And the one I wanted to talk about tonight is the precept of uh, taking up the path of letting go of anger, which is usually traditionally described as um, uh, uh, no indulging in anger or no harbouring of anger. Um, now, as a preamble to this, um, one of the topics I'm becoming increasingly interested in is the, the interface of ethics and psychiatry, psychology, and, and how we, the sort of contemporary trends about how we explain or um, understand human behaviour in terms of looking at it through an ethical lens or through a psychiatric or psychological lens. And um, I wouldn't be the only person to say this or other, but I think we're in a minority. Um, but myself and um, other people who work in my profession that I speak to become concerned about how much um, psychiatric diagnosis or psychological explanation became, becomes a way of explaining or understanding what we would have normally considered to be unethical or even criminal behaviour. Mm -hmm. And there is a tendency, as we understand more about how the brain works and how you know, evolutionary psychology and so on, is that um, our behaviour is determined by causes. There's a kind of deterministic view is becoming the more predominant view. However, not to deny that, but the whole point of taking up the precepts um, is it's all founded on the perspective that we have um, choice about what we do. I mean, that, that is the nature of ethics, any ethical system, um, is that we can choose to do harm or we can choose to not do harm, you know, or to, or to love. You know, turn it to something positive, um, and that is the heart of all the essence of all ethics. And my my concern is is that 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 perspective that we have a choice over what we do. My concern it's getting whittled away more and more. Um, but fortunately, it's still in our in our legal system. Do you know for violent crimes, is that it would be a a mitigating circumstance if, if someone was suffering from a genuine psychosis. And I personally believe that people don't know what they're doing when they've lost touch with reality to that degree. But I think fortunately in our legal system, if you, if you commit a violent crime, um, just because you had a bad childhood or you got traumatised or you have a personality disorder, it, it doesn't cut the mustard because there is the view that you have some choice over your behaviour. And this is very relevant when we come to this precept of um, letting go of anger because um, anger as an emotion, perhaps along with fear, are two of the most primary emotions which drive our behaviours as a human being. And as we've talked about before, they, they have their function from an evolutionary point of view, we couldn't get by without them. But this precept is not so much as often Buddhists will tend to 
try and understand it about having no anger. The point is not about having no anger. Perhaps it's not even possible for a human being to have no anger. But really what is our relationship with anger and what choices do we make in terms of how we deal with that, that energy and that very, very powerful energy when it arises within us. So in, in, in summary, you know, what our, what our guide is, is um, how much is our anger and or our expression of anger driven by the self-centred dream and how much is it directed by a life-centred view of the world. And if you look into this precept and you look at it seriously in the way that you experience anger in your life, if you look at it closely, or when, when I look at it within myself over the years that I've worked with this, um, so much of my anger seems to be coming out of the self-centred dream. Yeah? And... Uh, it's simply to do with I am not getting what I want or I'm getting what I don't want. Mm-hmm. And there's an there's a angry reaction to that. And, and uh, so it takes a kind of curiosity and self-compassion and, and very strong self-honesty, you know, to look into that and to see whether where it's arising. And if we can get clearer about that um, then anger is an energy that we we can use constructively rather than rather than destructively but to give you some examples about how um, anger may be used constructively there's many that could come to mind but some of the ones that just came to mind because I um, used to live in Hawaii and, and did my Zen training over there in Honolulu. And just around the corner from where the Honolulu um, Diamond Sangha Zen Centre was, was where um, Robert Louis Stevenson lived. And uh, there's a little hut there. He lived there for a while. And one of the things I remember reading about Robert Louis Stevenson, who I really love as a writer, is that in that, that district, in that suburb where we practised, um, he came across a man who was abusing his dog, you know, and physically abusing, whacking it and so on. And he came up and he, and he intervened and said, you know, what are you doing, you know, hitting that dog for? And the man said, it's my dog, I'll do whatever I like with it. And Robert Louis Stevens said, no, it isn't, it's God's dog and I'm here to protect it, right? So that, that's a... And he, he was angry in the way he did it. That, that's, that's, a, that's a life-centred... Um, use of anger, you know. There's also the story that um, uh, Diane mentions in, in her book about this. There's a, an organisation in America called MAD, M-A-D-D, and it's Mothers Against Drink Drivers. And the woman who developed this organisation, um, her daughter was uh, killed in a car accident by an intoxicated driver who had had several instances of um, drink driving and still had a licence and then ran over her teenage daughter and killed her. Now, that's something that could make you very bitter and twisted and angry um, in a very destructive kind of way. She was angry. Who wouldn't be? Mm -hmm. Um, But she used that anger 
to develop MAD, right? And to try and educate people into, you know, drinking and driving. That's a constructive use of that energy. So, so often Buddhists have this view, you know, that Buddhists shouldn't be angry. You know, we're saying students shouldn't be angry. Someone who came to our group years ago um, once said to me that um, she got angry at something and, and the person who was with us said, well, that's not very zen. As <laughs> though so you just got to be really sort of cool all the time. You know? It's a really naive you know, view of what zen practice is. And you'll see actions in a lot of the, the zen teachers, um, the great zen teachers, in the way that they taught is sometimes that they use their anger to cut through. You know? and, uh, and that... For them, that was that was an appropriate use of it, and a, a life-centered way of just cutting through to get past all the conceptual crap, you know, to help someone wake up. So, one of the ways I found that's very useful of working with anger is um, you, you you can notice it rising as a a body sensation because it's been triggered off by something that's happened in your environment. And in a sense, you can't help the fact that it arises. It just, it just arises. You don't choose where it happens or not. You just choose what you do with it. Um, but what I find, anger will come up, and it comes up with a story as well, like simultaneously. Like one of the, one of the main reasons that people um, have difficulty managing anger is because of a, a strong sense of injustice that's occurred to them or unfairness. That's one of the, the big triggers. And, and if you create a story of injustice or unfairness and you keep spinning it through your mind, you will find that it feeds the anger like, like oxygen to a flame, you know, and it keeps escalating and escalating. And as you go over and over, then you're harbouring anger. You know, it's not just something in the moment that comes and goes, it builds and it manifests, and then it, if you hang on to it, the thing is that that clean energy of anger then becomes kind of, the kind of like dirty resentment, you know, and hatred and so on. It manifests into something ugly and eats you out from the inside. So it may arise and it may even be acted upon appropriately and then it, and then it goes. The, the, whole, the whole point of the of the precept is letting go of anger, not harbouring anger. It comes up, let it go, mm -hmm. even though it may be a powerful energy. And um, so it arises in the body and you see it there. And then if you label the thought and notice the thinking that goes with it, um, like it might be like a a revenge fantasy or something like that and you keep going over it. If you notice it, it'll keep the anger going. As long as you're in the revenge fantasy or whatever it is, it, it feeds it and it keeps going and going and going and it never settles and you never calm. If alternatively you notice the anger, it's come up and you watch the thinking process that, that accompanies it and you don't feed it, you just label it like revenge fantasy and then drop it comes up again, 
five seconds later, revenge <laughs> fantasy, you drop it. A minute later, revenge fantasy, <laughs> drop it. Okay. But you keep doing that over and over again and you don't feed it and you'll find that the anger usually settles. Not always, maybe it's a huge issue and it takes a long time. But something will start to shift if you don't keep feeding the story with it. And, um, and when that happens to me, if I get angry and I practice with it that way, and then where I come back to, I have this perspective, um, I'm not saying, I don't know whether what I'll do with the anger or not. I don't know whether I'll express it or let it go. I think it's not worth But I'll come back to calm and then I'll choose what I'll do. Right? And 95% of the time or even more, once I get back to calm, it's like, a, it's not worth it. It's kind of like, it's chicken shit. It's not, it's not something that necessarily needs to be acted on. But then there are other times, just in the in the, the random moments of everyday life, um, where you feel you need to act on something, and something comes out in a stern way. Hopefully, not an abusive way, but in a in a direct way, which you which is angry, and that can be appropriate too. Also, the many different ways anger may manifest. Some people have a style either through the way they've been culturally conditioned or through their family where anger is not an acceptable emotion and they, they just stuff it down. You know, that's not wise. It's not, that's not the way to work with it, just stuff it because it's bad um, or you're scared of it. Um, other people have a style where they don't stuff, they do the opposite, they just dump. They just dump and dump and dump all the time onto others and blame, etc. Um, that's not useful either. Neither of those uh, are wise ways of dealing with it. But where there's a pausing with the body sensation and, and, and having some sense of discernment as to how to deal with that anger, um, then it can be used in a, in a much more constructive and wise kind of way. And the other manifestations of anger, we usually think of, of it as something which is uh, like a hot emotion, um, you know, like volatile. Um, but remember, there can be cold anger mm-hmm. and there can be passive aggression, you know, which is a much more subtle disguise way of it where you, you kind of deliberately, not deliberately um, uh, withdraw cooperation with other people, like being late all the time, you know, stonewalling or something like that. There's many, many different ways in which anger emerges. It's not just the, the volatile um, expression. Interesting one to work with. It's a, it's a lifelong, lifelong <laughs> process. It's rather, rather embarrassing sometimes, you know, when, and when, you, when you actually look into your own anger. I've mentioned this before, but I think the second session I did with Choco in Brisbane is where we did labelling. And uh, the first time I was introduced to labelling and I, I labelled my anger a lot. And I was, I was embarrassed to, to uh, have a very clear insight by the end of the session that about 99% of my anger was about something that was never happening. <laughs> 
Hmm. Makes you ponder when you have such a clear experience like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd really encourage you to work with this. It's it's a very, it's it's um, it's something that comes up daily. You know that we need to to work with and look into. Thank you.